I'm just laughing at the comments here. Brandon, I've got to wait too early to try and catch this. Troy, don't forget to hit the start button in the back end. Uh, yes, I did hit the start button. You know I hit it because you can hear me. Oh, God, I hope you can hear me. For some reason, the, the phantom power on my microphone wasn't on when I sat down to record this. And I, I, like I started doing the test, test, test thing. And anyway, I obviously figured that out. Oh, yeah, there you go. I just got the alert. You're now live. <laughs> That's nice to know. Thank you, Siri or whoever. Uh, where do we get? Tell you, I want to begin with the sponsor. I want to begin with the sponsor for two reasons. Uh, number one, I'm wearing the sponsor's jumper, which is uh, which is a lovely one. It keeps getting stolen by Charlotte and by my kids as well. So I'm going to have to get back to Veronis and ask for another hoodie or three. Uh, so that's that's one reason. And the other reason is it's because I'm hot, <laughs> quite frankly. It's not like I just put this on here to come up and like be all branded and sponsored for uh, for the Verona shout-out. But I got up early this morning, sat outside. It is now down to a very frosty 20 degrees Celsius on the Gold Coast because we are on the second half of autumn. And it was enough for a hoodie. Uh, not so much when I get up here in my office and it's 25 degrees apparently. So let's talk about Verona and then I can take the hoodie off. We didn't do a deal. It's not like they said you got to wear the hoodie no matter how hot you are. It was actually really, really comfy. Veronis for Salesforce. Protect Salesforce data from overexposure and cyber threats. Try it for free. Uh, and I, Look, I've mentioned many times, Veronis has been, I, I think, by a long way now, my longest and most prevalent sponsor and an organization I've spent a bunch of time with in person before as well. So I've seen the things I do, and they have been very, very good at actually finding exposed things in all sorts of places, uh, including in your sales force. So do please uh, check them out. Thank them for that. And uh, thank you, Verona. So I'm going to take the hoodie off now. Ah. Stephen says, does that mean you also have a Redgate hoodie? I don't know if I have a Redgate hoodie. So let's go completely off topic here and talk about swag. I get sent a lot of things from organizations and I had one the other day well I didn't have a piece of swag I had one from a company where they they basically said look either we can send you swag or you can make a donation now they weren't really clear on what the donation was I don't know if it's like a homeless person now walking around a tech branded hoodie or what it is or maybe they saved the trees or the whales or something but for the, for the most part, most of the swag we get sent is absolutely pointless. So I don't need another water bottle. <laughs> like I have enough water bottles. The swell bottle is kind of cool. I use them sometimes. Um, stickers are kind of cool. The kids like using the stickers. My kids love GitHub stickers. Oh, man, my daughter got GitHub stickers everywhere, which pleases me enormously because it just like normalizes GitHub as part of her life. I get sent a lot of T-shirts, which I very rarely ever wear. Uh, and obviously the, the hoodies. Now, for the most part, most of this stuff is, the sentiment is nice, but I'd probably rather save the trees and the fossil fuels and everything else. The Veronis one there is actually really nice. So uh, I have not seen a Redgate one, Stephen. I think if Redgate said, can we send you one, I'd probably say, look, I have kind of enough. So who knows? Maybe it'd be really nice. Okay, what are we doing? Where are we? I'm back home, evidently. So I was in Sydney for uh, for a couple of nights. I had the Akamai Security Summit on Wednesday, 20-minute talk, 10-minute Q&A. 
bunch of new material, which is good to do new material in front of an audience that you can actually see react. <laughs> because if it's new material and it's online and you're like, you know, here's this, this cyber thing and, and insert joke here and so on and so forth, and you just hear nothing. So you've got no idea what resonates. Uh, a bunch of the new stuff was around uh, some of the hacktivist activity as it relates to invasion of Ukraine. Uh, somber topic. I think I found some funny angles to it, uh, mostly around the the calls to arms to have people hack into Russian servers and Russian governments. Uh, and next minute, people are stealing stuff out of Nestle, which is a Swiss multinational. Why? <laughs> auspiciously because they were still selling some products into Russia, which apparently they're now only selling like baby foods, medical supplies. Uh, more likely, soft target, found something easy, made up a reason they deserved it. That's my belief. I spoke about the data that came out of Nestle. And in fact, I said to the audience, I'm going to put a whole bunch of PII up on the screen that I've gotten from the Nestle data breach. And it's all just like number at example.com. Uh, in fact, something like a very high 90 percentage mark of the data in there was just junk. And there was a very small amount of like genuine B2B stuff, which Nestle said, look, we actually exposed that ourselves. <laughs> no one broke into our things. We just left it out there. Anywho, that was fun to actually go and see people in person again. Um, so what did we do there? Caught up with a couple of different sets of friends, which was nice because we had a long time not going to Sydney. Went to my favourite pub, favourite bar, <laughs> Wednesday night. Charlotte, there's a photo on my Twitter timeline of that backstory, and absolutely epic if you're in Sydney, going to go and check that out. And then went to a very nice French restaurant. A uh, nice little trip and an easy flight home yesterday as well. And for those of you from other parts of the world, Sydney to the Gold Coast is around about an hour, 20-something minutes uh, for a two-nighter, carry-on baggage, just straight on the plane, very, very simple airport here off the plane straight into the car which is like two minute walk from the airport and you're home and it's just it's the easiest thing in the world so no actually no walking upstairs and doing a presentation from here is the easiest thing in the world but i don't get to see humans very easy trip so that was good neil can you let us know when you're next in sydney so what's on my list i do have on my list where i'm going to be what do i got to do next the next thing on my upcoming events is NDC Melbourne in June uh, and then NDC Copenhagen, which we'll be doing online, and then NDC Sydney in October. So definitely NDC Sydney, 10 to 14 October. I will be back there. Uh, get along to NDC. That's a very, very close event to my heart. So give that one a go. Seven Lodge T. Hey, Troy, can you talk about the change password dot well known URL? Didn't know it existed until you tweeted. All right, good question. I didn't know it existed until I tweeted either, and I really still don't know much about it because I haven't had much time to look at it. But let me uh, let me wing it. I'm going to go to the the Twitter here. So I, I guess as a first of all, as a, as a principle, there is no spec for how an organisation. Uh, should stand up, say, their uh, change password page. So, you know, it doesn't have to be at forward slash change password or anything like that. Now I got distracted because I went to Twitter and I just saw someone 3D print like a candy machine and I'll come back to that. <laughs> so there is no spec for how you should stand up a change password page. But there is what I think from reading was a proposed spec 
uh, uh, guy here, uh, Ricky Mondello, has tweeted at this. Chrome has adopted this web standard. Uh, disclaimer on an editor of the spec. Uh, Apple Designer contributed to it, and its password managers use it too. So I'll drop this into the, the chat window for those who are interested in, uh, in having a read of this. This is a well-known URL for changing passwords. Uh, and it looks like you go, same as a security.txt dot well dash known forward slash. Uh, what was the what was the file name they're proposing? Uh, it was going to be .txt, isn't it? So let's just search for .txt on this document. No, it's not .txt. Let the URL be a new URL, value scheme, host, port, path, uh, infrastructure, introduction. I'm going to have to read this properly because someone actually asked an interesting question too. They said, what if you have multiple change password paths? Because what if you have like a public section of your website and then you have a private section of your website? I'm going to read into this in more detail later on. Um, Change password URL. Change password URL of origin is a URL that points. Yeah, but it's still not clear on what address it sits. Uh, Let me see if it's here. Oh, here you go. Sorry, it's, it's just a, a path. Change-password. Dot well-known forward slash change-password. So I, I guess the rationale here is to make it easier for people to figure out how on earth to change their password. Because we've all been to websites before and it's like, how do I do that? And actually, while we're here, why don't we have like an unsubscribe? Should there be a dot well-known forward slash unsubscribe? And also while we're here, why is security expressed with the .txt file extension, but change password is not? Robots has the .txt file extension. Interesting. What we need is a spec for the spec. <laughs> we need a set of standards about how we establish standards. Mm, I'm making it worse. Okay, moving on. So that was uh, that was Akamai in Sydney. Uh, the drone. Drone is going really well i'm amazed at how reliable it is i spoke about the drone here last week and when i say amazed at how reliable it is i have not crashed it once i let l my nine-year-old daughter fly it around in a very big open space also didn't crash once it is crazy reliable and what i've been trying to figure out is is just sort of like the fundamental controls because it's not just like drone go up drone go down left right you know, your pitch, rotate, whatever. It's not just that. There's all these pre-built patterns into it. So, yeah, it could be anything from, let's say you've got something that you want to focus on uh, and that's what you want the drone to capture. You can go, okay, here's my thing, and you draw a little box around it and then it can like fly around it and you can choose like how high, how far away, uh, how slow it goes around and then you just go, drone, go fly, take photos. They call it master shots. Uh, or take photos or, or video, of course, and you just leave it go. So figuring out that, uh, figuring out the follow mode. So I went to a, a jet skied out to uh, an island near us that we go to quite a lot last week, weekend, something like that, with uh, with Ari and another couple of friends over the canal from us and got some really cool footage. And I'm like, okay, mate, now run down the beach. <laughs> the drone is like going to stalk you. And it's amazing how it just keeps him in focus. But, you know, there's like this one mode which will just automatically follow him. There's another mode which always keeps him in focus, but then you fly the drone. Uh, yeah, there's a mode which will like spiral up around you and take video. And it's just, it's endless. And I felt like I was getting to grips with it. And then I watched this YouTube video last night about like 16 things you need to know about your drone. And then I just realized I didn't know about any of them. So it's a 
it's a very, very complex little machine, but it's massively, massively impressive. Now, what I did learn is I went to this island, and I mentioned it's like second half of autumn here now, but it's like sunny and hot, and it was nearly 30 degrees Celsius that day. Uh, pretty bright sunlight, and I've, I've like flown the drone up, and I'm looking at the screen, and then have you ever left your iPhone in bright sun? Like, if you're on from the UK, well, no, you, you haven't. Uh, but if you're from anywhere else, if you live in like really bright sun, the screen just gets progressively darker and darker and darker until you can't see it. And then it's like, oh, shit, I can't see the drone anymore. Like, I couldn't see it on the screen. And because I'm in Australia, you always have to have visual contact. So, of course, I could see it. But managed to get it back. I had already ordered a hood, so I got like a little sun hood. So I'm, uh, I'm going to be using that quite a lot in very sunny locations starting tomorrow. And I'm not going to talk about what or where it is yet, but I am going on a, on a holiday tomorrow, which I think might be our most epic. Uh, it is in Australia. It is very tropical. It is very sunny. And that drone's going to get an absolute workout. I don't expect I'm going to have any connectivity. <laughs> so it might be going dark for a while and then I'll come back and I'll just share all the all the, all the the videos and things, but it's going to be amazing. And I'm really glad I've got the hood. See what's in the comments here. Seven Lodge T says Dashlane should start using it for their change password feature. I think all the password managers should start using it for, uh, for anything around that. There's a whole other discussion around whether a password manager really benefits from having a change password feature built into it um yeah wayne says a cancel sub service button so that's that's a really good point wayne um which i think is sort of a little bit like the unsubscribe thing i i, I mentioned this because i had an ariba email this morning because at some point in time i've done work with some organization that's needed me to have an ariba account and i keep getting like these ariba status messages now and i cannot unsubscribe from the bastard <laughs> it's like there's a link to unsubscribe and then you got to go and you got to log in so you got to remember whatever the hell account it was you used at that time uh and then i couldn't literally couldn't figure out how to unsubscribe doesn't exactly solve that problem but i, I think the premise of having a well-known url for unsubscribe and there should always be in my view at least uh and a, a like a, a one or two click unsubscriber say two click click on the email are you sure you want to unsubscribe yes just in case a robot like crawls the link inside your email because of checking for safe browsing or something like that uh brandis has made change password is meant to be a redirect for the change password page no i don't believe so i think that spec actually does uh does it redirect just search redirect on this page. I've got to write about this. Service should redirect HTTP requests for the origins change password URL to the actual page in which you're... Okay, yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> that makes the spec really simple, doesn't it? It's like, if you request this URL, just like, I, I guess, 301 to the new location, permanent redirect. Uh, no? Service should redirect HTTP requests for an origins change password URL to the actual page on which users may change their password by returning a response code with redirect status 302, 303, or 307. Why would you not 301? Wouldn't you want everyone to just automatically, permanently redirect to that path? Note, the above paragraph restricts service to using temporary redirect code. See issue 13. What's in issue 13? 
The spec accepts all redirect status codes listed in the fetch spec, including the permanent ones of 301 and 308. Since 301 and 308 inform clients that the redirection is permanent, they might cache the URL found in the location header. Ah, okay. And stop calling the URL that triggered the redirection here. We can't be sure that website maintainers will not change the URL of their changed password page. Okay, so to paraphrase that, what they're saying is, if you permanently redirect, the whole semantic intent of a 301 is that forever and a day, this URL will always go there. Now, if the browser caches that and says, okay, the next time you go to .well-9 forward slash change slash password, always go to this same URL, but the developer of the website has changed the change password URL to something else, then you end up at the wrong place. But if I was to counter that, and it's not here in the discussion on the GitHub issue, but if I was to counter that, I think there's also an argument of, uh, do you as a web developer not have responsibility for maintaining the integrity of a URL. If you're going to take something away from a URL and put it somewhere else, then you should be redirecting anyway. That's my view, but either way, any of these work. And let's face it, from like a performance perspective, which is one of the things we get from a 301 because the browser can just redirect if it's seen it before rather than having to issue the request. Do we really care too much if there's one extra hop? I don't think so. Uh, hmm. Stuart, don't do a Scott. <laughs> it's going to be crashing into something, surely. Anyway, MailChimp. I thought I'd mention MailChimp briefly because I, I tweeted about them yesterday and I, on, on reflection, it might have sounded a little bit disingenuous. I really like MailChimp and I really like uh, the service they operate. The people there, I've spent some time with some MailChimp people in person before. And one of the things I, I really liked and I have spoken about on uh, multiple occasions before, I'm just going to see if I can find me tweeting about it because I'm sure I've made this point. Many times in the past, if I search for my handler MailChimp on Twitter, uh, probably photos. Here we go. Oh, a good example. June 30, 2017. Troy Hunt. Love this. Just paid MailChimp some money and got a 10% discount because I have 2FA enabled. How cool is that? They gave me 10% off. December 1, 2018. Friendly reminder that MailChimp is awesome for offering a discount when you enable 2FA. Many services still view this as a premium feature. Which is good. I think that's the two times I've tweeted. <laughs> I, uh, uh, da, 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 da. There's other discussions in here with other people pointing it out. And I'm sure I've said it many times in, in talks as well. Um, less exciting is this one that I got. When was this? Was this just yesterday? April 21. It was yesterday. Marching email. We're writing to let you know that we're making some changes to certain discounts. As one of our earlier adopters of two-factor authentication, you've been receiving a 10% discount on your bill for more than two years. Uh, yep, based on this, about five years. We're so glad you've set up two-factor authentication link through to two-factor authentication in case I'm not sure what it is, which is kind of ironic because you're sending me this email because I haven't enabled. To keep your account and audience data secure. So far, so good. Next bit, all bold. We're retiring this discount and you'll no longer see the 10% discount on your bill beginning with your bill that falls on or after May 11, 2022. Now, look, it doesn't make a big difference to me personally. I think it's going to cost me another eight bucks a month or something like that. Uh, and I send my 
I've got to think about nearly 8,000 people on that list. Still feels reasonable, <laughs> I guess, value-wise. But I guess I was just a bit disappointed because I had so liked going out there making the point that MailChimp was offering an incentive beyond just not having your account owned, which probably should be incentive enough, to turn on 2FA. And at least in my mind, and I don't think I've actually spoken to anyone personally there about this, but my interpretation of it was account takeover has a cost. It has a cost for the individual and it has a cost for the organization uh, who provides the account, which has taken over. There would be an ROI in reducing the likelihood of account takeover. Now, 10% is a very round number, so I don't think anyone sort of crunched the numbers and figured out precisely that it is exactly 10% which makes sense to discount the bill by in order to reduce the likelihood of account takeover. But be that as it may, I like the messaging around it, and I'm a little bit disappointed it's gone, and I, I sort of, somewhere in my, my thread here, I sort of said, yeah, maybe a better way to do this is just start charging everyone who doesn't have 2FA an extra 10%. <laughs> and then that will, like, you know, if it's about money, then maybe that will fix it. Now, of course, if they did that, they'd probably lose a bunch of customers. And I think that they're probably more likely to lose customers by increasing the price due to lack of 2FA than to lose customers by increasing the price due to no longer offering the discount. A few people said, well, it must just be because everyone's now on 2FA. Absolutely no chance. Uh, not when we see 2FA adoption rates of mainstream public platforms at like low single-digit percentages. And I said to someone, just as a gentleman's bet, I bet you that less than half of MailChimp customers have 2FA enabled. Uh, I think if I had to guess the most likely scenario, it's much, much, it's, it's probably like less than half of half. Uh, that would be my guess. MailChimp probably a little bit different to your Facebook or your Twitter insofar as it is more likely to be used by organizations who are also protecting a whole bunch of, of customer data. I mean, I've got again 8,000 odd email addresses in fact a lot more than that that's just the active ones there's all the inactive ones that are still in there somewhere as well so there's a greater desire perhaps to protect those but yeah I I shed a little tear when they did that okay that was MailChimp (laughs) oh geez this next one I got a letter from an attorney general's office there is, to, to some extent, always this thing in the back of my mind of sooner or later someone is going to jump up uh, and make it really hard for me to run Have I Been Pined. And maybe it will be a regulator, maybe it will be a privacy office or something like that, maybe it'll be an organisation who's been breached, maybe it will be an individual and there's various mitigating controls I have for those, which I won't go into for probably obvious reasons. But every now and then something pops up and you're like, is this the one that's going to start to to sting, either in terms of lawyer costs or uh, other things that could make life unpleasant? Now, I don't think this is it at all, but when you first see... What do the subjects say? Let me go to my email. Uh, I've archived this already. I don't think it's a problem. But if I just search for attorney, (laughs) it's just what I need, more lawyers. 
uh, <laughs> the headline is uh, MO Attorney General Complaint, and then there's a, a unique number in here I won't give you, Have I Been Pwned? Please see the attached correspondence from the Office of American State Attorney General, and then the Attorney General's name. I'm not going to tell you which state it was, but it was America. <laughs> Why is that not surprising? Where's uh, 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 uh. the message here? It says, uh, Do you have a been pwned? Blank state name. Attorney General's Office has received the attached complaint concerning your company and its business practices. Please review the complaint and provide a written response within 14, the word, and then 14, the number, in brackets, just in case you didn't understand the word 14 days. If this matter has been resolved in a fair and appropriate manner, please advise our office of that resolution. Please make sure you reference, or you reference, the above-mentioned complaint number in all correspondence. We appreciate your immediate response and cooperation in this matter. And it's... It's right off the bat. I know this is how it works, but it just feels obnoxious. It's like, so you've got some local state government office on the other side of the world sending me messages like this about an Aussie service, an Aussie company. Anyway, let me read the details of it. So, brief description of complaint. I'm filing a formal complaint. Formal complaint. Against the company, have I been pwned? There's no company. I was recently made aware of their site, HTTPS, very good, column forward slash forward slash have I been pwned com forward slash, was subject to a data breach in Feb 2018, which exposed the following classes of data for me and plenty of other users. Now, let me read that again. Have I been pwned was subject to a data breach in Feb 2018. And then it goes on. This is the description. And as soon as I started reading it, it's like, hang on a second, this is familiar. 2,844 of the files consisting of more than 80 million unique email addresses had not previously been seen. Each file contained both an email address and plain text password and was consequently loaded as a single ampersand QUOT semicolon unverified ampersand QUOT semicolon data breach because encoding. Because when I load breaches into Have I Been Pwned and I put the description in, I encode non-alphanumeric characters. The company failed to notify me of the breach, which hindered me from taking the appropriate actions to prevent damage that could occur due to my exposed data. <laughs> That's because it wasn't a mob. It's, it's not me. It's like something out there got breached. Your data was in there. I put it in Have I Been Pwned along with the 11.5 billion other records that are in there. And you used Have I Been Pwned to discover you're in a breach that never got disclosed to you. And now you're pissed at me. Consumer has indicated the following statements apply to this complaint. Three bullet points. Number one, consumer has taken these actions. No action taken. Number two, consumer has contacted agencies. Blank. Number three, consumer would like the complaint resolved via, and this is obviously, there must be like checkboxes somewhere they fill it out. Refund, perform service, repair. All right, I can't ref, well, I can give you back everything you gave me. How about that? Perform service. Repair, investigate business. Come on. This is all kinds of stupid. Now, I didn't say that in my reply. <laughs> I was more diplomatic. But um, 
I did reply politely because I find that de-escalating these things is normally the best path forward. So look, I replied politely and I I, I guess to stop mucking around and joking about it for a bit, uh, have I been pwned is a strange concept to many people. It's got a strange word (laughs) to many people. The whole idea of data breaches and the circulation of data is a foreign concept to many people. I can understand someone being confused. I would have preferred that they clicked on the link in this description that they've sent, which then goes to my blog and it explains precisely what that incident is. And even someone who is non-technical should at least be able to read that and get a bit of a sense that it's not a data breach or have a been pwned. I also would have thought that this AG's office could have figured that out for themselves because they managed to figure out how to get from have I been pwned to my blog to my contact page and reach out to me. So they could have figured this out as well. They could have de-escalated it themselves. So I replied, when did I reply? Three days ago. I haven't heard anything since, which, uh, which I expect will be the outcome. I don't expect to hear anything back from this. But... I replied to the office and I copied in the person who actually sent the complaint to. And I said, hi, name and name. There's a misunderstanding of HIBP's role here. Let me explain. Have I been pwned as a free community-driven data breach aggregation reporting service? What this means is that when a data breach occurs and personal information is then publicly circulated, noteworthy examples include LinkedIn, Dropbox and Ashley Madison. HIBP's role is to index the incident so that people like name can learn of their exposure. Name, the incident you're referring to is described in detail here, linked to the blog post. It's not a data breach of HIBP. It's HIBP reporting on a data breach, or in this case, breaches. Your data was exposed in one of the 2,844 other incidents. I hope this clarifies things for all. And that's it. So, short of someone being pissed that Have I Been Pwned exists in the first place, there's really nothing more to say. One of the thoughts I did have is that due to the nature of Have I Been Pwned and the nature of of the, let's say, entities that find it useful, there are, of course, a lot of governments, including the US government via Department of Homeland Security, that use Have I Been Pwned. There are many Attorney General's offices, both in the US and other parts of the world, that use Have I Been Pwned. I have helped very directly some of those, including in the US. So my next thought was, if they make an issue of this, I now need to go and talk to the AG's offices that I have helped in the past and say, you know how I helped you out with that that thing? Could you please (laughs) write your mates over here a letter and just explain what this thing is? Anyway, anyway, maybe one day later in the future... I'll explain which which state it was. Um, without saying anything more about it, it, it might make more sense <laughs> when people know which state it was. Uh, Stephen Jones says, as an Aussie running a site in Australia, can a US state really do anything anyway? I don't really want to find out, Stephen. Uh, if I had to speculate, first of all, Australia and US, very friendly countries. Uh, we We work together on a lot of different things. Um, including the investigation of uh, of crimes, which 
which I would hope that abapentone doesn't fall into. Obviously, a lot of the data that goes into abapentone is as a result of crimes, which is why I end up having engagement with a lot of these law enforcement agencies and AGs offices and things like this. Um, one would imagine that the difficulty in mounting a cross-Pacific action would be much greater than, say, if it was someone in the state of Queensland, where I am, who was upset about it. Or conversely, if this service was uh, operated out of the US, one would imagine that would be different. Now, of course, I am very dependent on US hosting companies. I'm very dependent on on Azure. I'm very dependent on Cloudflare. They are US-based. I think you're going a lot further down the rabbit hole when you start getting to the point of saying, could an AG's office get to the point where they're actually trying to uh, shut down a service? Uh, that That is a lot further down that rabbit hole, and we're, we're a very, very long way away from that. And hopefully that's not an issue in this case or any others in the future. But... Uh, yeah, look, it's it, it's a good question. And, and honestly, part of the reason why I'm always so open and transparent and I give so much support to the likes of governments is so that if anything like this does become an issue later on, it's there's a good track record and a lot of support. Let's just say that. <laughs> Stuart says got to be a southern state. <laughs> Rob reckons it's Florida. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I don't want to make it any worse. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Data breaches, disclosing data breaches. Surprised I haven't heard any more about this one, actually. There is, geez, speaking of legal issues, twice in one week, there is another uh, another website called Avo. Let's talk about Avo. I did mention Avo last week, uh, but only insofar as was it last week or even the week before I mentioned it? I leaned so far as I was trying to find a security contact. Now, avo.com, that's A-V-V-O. Experienced lawyers are ready to help. It is a website full of lawyers. <sighs> Great start. Something <laughs> I'm going to try and be serious about this. Browse attorneys. Oh, jeez. It, it, it feels like a... I think I said, maybe this is not the right term to use. I think I said on one of the recent weekly updates, it feels like uh, an is my lawyer hot or not sort of thing. It's, 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 it, it is a bit of a rating system for lawyers, uh, and it's an index of lawyers. In case you're not aware of that term, um, hot or not, it goes back a long, long way. It's, it's like totally inappropriate, especially in today's, today's measure. But it was a thing, and it is a bit of a meme. Anywho, so... Avo is uh, is an index of lawyers. Now, some time ago, quite some time ago, many months ago, I had someone send me an alleged breach, 4.1 million records, uh, allegedly from Avo. And I just remember looking at it and having, I think, a combination of difficulty independently verifying it to a sufficient degree of confidence and also just saying that it's a directory of lawyers and just putting it in the too hard basket. Now, what changed this is that uh, on April 5th, so 17 days ago at the time recording, someone here has tweeted, I've embedded their tweet in the blog post, it says, uh, Troy Hunt looks like Avo has had a breach of their users list. I'm getting those you've been hacked scam emails on my Avo-specific address. No password, so I'm guessing they're hashed. And I, in the back of my mind, I was like, that name rings a bell, Avo. Uh, 
And then I the, the, like the penny dropped, and I went back and I looked at the data, and I was like, oh yeah. So I reached out to the guy and said, look, can I send you your record? And there's very little in there. It's basically an email address and a couple of SHA-1 hashes and an identifier. Uh, and it's not clear what the SHA-1 hashes are. It's not unsalted passwords by the look of it. Maybe one of them's a salt and then it's combined in some way and then hashed on. I didn't explore it that much further. But it turns out that he's like, yep, this yeah, he was uh, he was on Avo. And just to be clear about his Avo-specific password, it literally had Avo in the alias. And I think from memory it was a custom domain. And he was just one of these people who's like, I am going to put the name of every service I sign up to in the email address I use so that if something like this happens later on, I can attribute it back. Uh, now, just to pause on that for a second, like good on him for doing that because if he hadn't have done that and then reached out to me, we wouldn't be here now having disclosed what is evidently a data breach. So as soon as I looked at the website, I, I spent about 10 seconds looking at it and then it's like, I'm just going to record this process, the entire thing, step by step, like trying to verify and disclose because there's just something in my gut which is like, this is going to be painful. Like I'm not going to have success in disclosure here. Now, this is exactly what happened. It's not like I did all of this work and I couldn't find anyone and I was like, screw these guys, I'm going to go and record. I literally from the first moment I started doing this, it's like this just, I'm just going to record it. So. I did. Uh, and <laughs> how long is this video now? One hour, 15 minutes. So there's a one hour, 15 minute YouTube video in here going through the entire process of trying to establish the legitimacy of the breach, trying to disclose, sending messages on their Twitter account, uh, sending Facebook messages, filling out their contact us form, uh, emailing them, not getting anywhere, waiting going to LinkedIn, finding two different people there in an engineering capacity, as in a technology engineering capacity, and messaging them on LinkedIn, burning my, my in-mail credits on LinkedIn. Couldn't get a reply from them. Speaking to the chatbot, which then turned out, to, I'm pretty sure, to be real humans, on multiple occasions. And they're like, yeah, yeah, talk to our parent company, not getting anything back from them. Going back through taking the 4.1 million subscribers in Avo and then almost 4.2 million now in Have I Been Pwned subscribers, finding the intersection, mailing a bunch of them going, have you used Avo before? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. No, I haven't. Don't know what it is. Why don't you go and try the password? Oh, yeah, shit. I've got an account there. So establishing time and time and time again that this is legit and eventually it's getting to the point where it's like, I have exhausted every reasonable avenue to try and get in touch with these guys. I'm now going to load the data. Uh, which I did, published this blog post a week ago, crickets, <laughs> not heard anything from them. I sent, how many emails did I send? I sent 20,183 emails to my subscribers in the breach and another 9,637 to my subscribers who are monitoring domains. So I sent almost 30,000 emails about this and... I've heard nothing back. So Avo would be that you cannot not be aware of it when I contact thirty thousand people and go, hey, there's you know, there's issues. Nothing. No disclosure. And if they had sent disclosure to people, at least one of those thirty thousand people would have sent me an email and go, hey, Avo's now disclosed. Uh, press hasn't picked it up. It's not a big thing. It's basically just email addresses. Just gonna look at the YouTube video. Ten comments here. I normally don't read the YouTube comments. Normally for obvious reasons, but Nothing good on here. 
people talking about how time consuming it is. Wow, okay. And my mouse just died. <laughs> I can't move. <laughs> Why can't I move my cursor? <sighs> That's why I have cables. Reading the comments. Um, <laughs> someone says, well, at least have I improved your health by making sure you check your junk regularly. But on a serious note, that was, that was the most frustrating contact legal. Yeah, so at one stage when I'm speaking to the chatbot, the chatbot's like, just contact the legal department. Like, well, in addition to all of the other things that are already contacted, okay. Uh, so I forwarded the thread onto them. Got nothing from the legal department. So that was frustrating. Uh, what else on here? Rob Davis, love the response when I let a company know how I got spam on an email address created specifically for them. It can't be us. Your email client must be compromised. <sighs> that is one possible answer, right? Like, it could be that the email client is compromised. Um, but it also could be other things. And, and this is sort of the, I guess, the concerning thing. Wow. Everything here is properly crashing. I have no keyboard. I have no mouse. This is going to be really interesting in terms of how I actually end this, uh, this weekly update because I can't control anything anymore. I want to have Maybe what I'll do is I'll get to the point where I just I pull the Ethernet jack out, <laughs> and that will be it. Where I hit the power button on the PC, just literally cycle it down. Jeez. Okay. Well, I think it's still recording because I can actually still see it ticking over live over there. So anyway, we're sort of getting to the end. What other comments have we got in here? Um, super interesting, but so frustratingly manual and fruitless. Yeah, so it's obviously still working because Stephen's like, now there's a 24-hour live stream. Why can't I use any of my controls? Like, I reckon I could ninja my way on the keyboard through this, but I literally cannot move anywhere. <sighs> you sit here and listen to me read comments. Someone here says, they might wake up once their customers start contacting them. They had a great opportunity to handle this and flunked it behind their cloaks. Very true. Um, but inevitably, they would have had customers contacting them. So... I don't know what that means, that uh, that inevitably they have and now they have done nothing about it, which is kind of odd. Okay, so I can't stop this, <laughs> but I have gotten to the end. If you have any questions, I can read your comments. So um, feel free to ask me anything about anything while I look at the keyboard and mouse and try and figure out if I'm just going to yoink the power or am I going to go and grab another mouse and plug that in as well. I wonder. You know how you plug a USB thing in and it makes a little bit beep? If I turn my sound back on. And comments here. Brendan says, and this Troy is why you always have a wide peripherals hand. Well, it is wide now because I plugged it into a, a thing. Mind you, I did just charge it the other day. Uh, which is... Which I thought would have fixed the problem. Um... I'm going to go to my drawer of broken dreams and find a wired mouse. Uh, you're welcome to hang around and join me with this. Rob says, RDP into your PC from laptop. Well, I don't have RDP open on my PC because I really don't need to do this. Stephen says, can you order a mouse from Amazon for next hour delivery? Rob says, USB might have crashed. USB hub might have crashed. <sighs> Possibly, but the keyboard, keyboard is Bluetooth, right? So it's not plugged into anything. So it's not that. I'll say this is a unique 
update like well, I've not done one where I just all sat here and tried to troubleshoot my problems before I can't even control alt delete all right stick there where you have good ideas I'm gonna find another mouse Finding my my drawer of spares is uh, rapidly increasing as the kids <laughs> collect stuff as well. Okay, so this is very, very wide. Let's see if this works. Ooh, I've got a beep beep that time. That's nice. And I've got mouse back. All right, I have control. I've got some control. That's great. I just remembered this mouse, the buttons don't work. <laughs> so I can, I can move the mouse. Oh, does it work? No. Why is a button not work? Oh, I remember now. Yeah, because this was Ari's mouse. And he's like, why does this button never, never work? I wonder if the middle button works. Why doesn't the middle button work? This is one of these sort of mice that looks really cool. For those listening to this later on, it's like it's all black and it's got hard edges, like the Lamborghini of mice, um, in that it breaks down the whole time. <sighs> Admiring the Lego collection. How's the cyan coming? I was thinking about this the other day. I have not touched the cyan for months, and it's been going for more than a year. And it's one of these things where every now and then I'm like, I pick it up and I put it on the kitchen bench or the, or the dining table, and I, I do a little bit more on it. And that's great. And then I just completely forget about it because life gets in the way. Uh, Henrik says, suspect the mouse might still be using BT even when plugged in for power. Normally it doesn't. And, and the reason why it doesn't is I've had so many occasions where the battery has died. Well, actually, if the battery's died, it's not using Bluetooth anymore because there's no power. And then I plug it in and it works as a wired mouse. Um, so this one's not going to work. That's okay. I'm going to put that in the bin. If the buttons, well, I don't think the buttons work. I'll find another mouse. Guillaume says, don't ask too loud now or you'll get a proper pallet of stuff. Scott figured out how, yeah, because Alexa might hear. That's the problem. Uh, Wayne says, control escape for start me. Yeah, it doesn't work when your keyboard's not working. Steve, what you need, Troy, is a home assistant automation so you can ask Siri to kill the stream. No, I'm just going to go and steal one of the kids' mice. Hang on a sec. Okay, mouse number three. <laughs> Try reconnecting the Bluetooth mouth. Yes, thanks, mate. That's, that's great. <laughs> it's really good. Ah, another mouse. Another mouse. Do I have clicks? Yes, I've got clicks. <laughs> okay. Well, that was fun. Uh, well, everyone's actually still stuck around. I've got more viewers active now as my shit starts breaking than what I did when I was talking about actual interesting cybersecurity stuff. Um, <laughs> so I now, you know how I'm going to fix this? I'm just going to restart the PC because as we understand, that uh, that does fix everything. 
So crisis averted. Thank you for sticking around and for all of your comments. The uh, most of them were completely useless, uh, <laughs> but we got there eventually with the classic Lenovo cheapy mouse that uh, is normally owls. All right, folks. Thank you for joining. I, as I mentioned, I will be probably completely out of contact for uh, for most of the next week, uh, and then I will be back here Friday next week talking about some of the cool stuff I've been doing. So. Uh, Cheers, enjoy your weekend, and catch you in a week.